This is the Jets-centric podcast, your home for Winnipeg Jets, talk, thoughts, and takes. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Jets-centric podcast. My name is Ryan and today we have episode 26, The Roundtable. Today I'm joined by Glenn, Daniel, Katie, Ryan, and Alistair. How are you doing, guys? Hi. Hey, everybody. Hi. So since we last chatted, the Jets have played a couple games. They beat Vancouver 6-3 in Vancouver. And they lost by the same score to Calgary last night, 6-3. After giving up five in the first period, Daniel, I'll throw it up to you. What did you think of the week that was? Well, going back to Monday's game against uh, the Canucks there, they they started out pretty well that game. Uh, they got out to a quick uh, two-goal lead, I believe. Or no, sorry, it was 1-1. And then they fired in a couple to make it 3-1 at that, uh, after the first period. And we all kind of thought they'd get away you know, take take it off, and they did make it 4-1. But, of course, the Jets being the Jets, they had to make it an interesting game. Uh, it was 4-3 after two, and then line eight potted a few in the third period to get his second hat-trick of the year, his uh, 11th goal at that point. So that was a pretty good win to see against a very pretty weak Vancouver team for, from uh, what I've seen and heard this year. So that was something good. They shut down Pedersen pretty well that game, too. That's Vancouver's top player. And then we traveled down the road to Calgary, uh, pretty much the opposite in that game. The Jets actually scored like 15 seconds in and then gave up five straight goals. Hellebuck got pulled for the first time in almost 70 starts. They tried to make a run, line A potted another two, but it just wasn't enough uh, falling back. So, I mean, you're not going to have your best game every day. And that clearly was last night against Calgary. They just didn't show up in the first period. And uh, Calgary's on fire right now, especially... uh, Big save, Dave Riddich, in that. So that's kind of just, uh, kind of just one for the, one for the course. You know, you're gonna have a bad, bad day at work every once in a while. That's kind of where I'm at on that. Brian, I wanted to throw this one up to you. 18 games into the season, Line did not have a five-on-five goal. He now has three in the last two games. Is he is he fixed? Um, five, I mean, five in the last two games. Uh, five on five though. Oh, five on three, five. Sorry. Three goals. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why everybody was so worried about him to begin with. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. He's a, a 20. <laughs> <laughs> he's 20. He's going to slump. He's he's a kid, for God's sake. Um, there's no reason to worry. Um, we should be worried about players elsewhere in the lineup before we start worrying about Patrick Line. Um, he started slow last year. Of hell, we were looked like shit for the longest. Um, yeah, so uh, I think the line A talk was just overreaction. That's fair. Um, Alistair, what, you, what was your thoughts on on the games and uh, Patrick Line finally getting on the score sheet five on five? So, I mean, I uh, 
I didn't see a whole lot of these games in person, but I, I tried to catch up as best I could with highlights and things like that. But uh, I know one of those five-on-five five goals, anyway, was uh, was right as the power play was expiring. Uh, one of the ones last night, I think. Uh, I, I don't know. Were the other five-on-five five goals, like, straight-up five-on-five, you know, like normal? Or were there kind of extenuating circumstances going into those as well? Well, the one, the, the one, or the two of the, actually both against Vancouver, the first one, he made a nice, uh, a nice defensive back check and kind of got a nice breakout out of the zone and kind of followed up the play and slapped one home from the slot. That was the first one. And then this, <clears throat> the second one that game too, he kind of was just kind of in the right place at the right time. He kind of trailed the play a little bit and kind of scored from the same spot on both goals, both uh, five on five goals, if I remember. So, I mean, it's good to see him make those plays in the, de- in the defensive zone too. Like the first one, he made a nice, a nice play to, f- to take the puck away and then fired up the boards to, to little, I believe it was. So that was just good to see from that. Even if, you know, even if he hadn't scored on those plays, it's good to see him make good defensive plays, at least something that maybe he's all he's struggled with. And maybe that's something he's turning the corner on something like that. That'd be great to see. I hope that's true. Um, I don't know. I, I was never overly worried about him. I do think Connor is a great opposite winger to have with him. I think he Connor plays exactly the sort of game that Line A needs help with. Uh, so I, I, I hope to see a lot more of that, that line. I want to see more of what Connor and Line A can do together. Well, I looked up here in Line A's first two seasons. Had 21 goals and 22 goals. So we know he can do it. We know he's better on the power play, but we know he can do 20 plus five on five. And you know, I, I'm not as worried as maybe I, I sound sometimes, but uh, maybe the last two games have really relieved that. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, it's just kind of like obviously we know 50% of his goals are going to come on the power play or pretty close to 50%. You said he had 20-21 last year. He had 44 goals total last year, so that's pretty much half, right? So, And the first year, 20 out of uh, 36 were on the power play, I think. So that's kind of where we're at on that. And I mean, I'm not too worried about landing myself either. I'll just say that. He's still still very young. I mean, he's not 21 until after this, after this season, and it is his third season. And his, I think this will be his fourth season playing with in a pro league, right? Cause he played the, his draft year in uh, Liga. So it's, you know, he's getting used to the, the speed of the game. The speed's a little different in the NHL compared to overseas, a lot of tighter spaces and stuff to get into. And it, it is an adjustment for someone who is a natural scorer to be able to get into the corners and those kind of things that you have to do as well to succeed in all, in all facets of the game. And of course the defensive zone play, well, it's never, he's never going to be a top defender. But he's at least got to be noticeable out there and show show the effort, I guess, and make the right decisions while he's on the ice and not hurt five on five. Obviously, you don't want anyone hurting you five on five very often. But uh, the Jets have a lot more to worry about than Lionel only having three five on five goals this year. You look look at the back end. Uh, Tyler Myers is Tyler Myers. Uh, you got Joe Morrow out there scoring for both teams, as uh, as our good friend Katie would <laughs> Katie would always say. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> excuse me. We had uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about the uh, 
the Chris Weidman trade uh, from Ottawa to Calgary. I yeah. know this is kind of kind of not Jets related, but maybe uh, Katie has a thought or two on that. We can uh, kind of hit up right now while we're talking about the back end. I do actually. Mostly, I was just in shock when I heard about it because Shirelli did a good thing, and that's really really <laughs> weird. Like they got Chris Weidman for a six round pick. That's insanely cheap. Um, I'm one of those people that believes that Weidman is actually good. He's just to kind of give an example, he consistently puts up like pretty decent numbers, five on five, but um, all of his all of his shot metrics also, you know, look really great on the team. He's fairly decent at preventing chances against, but he drives a lot of chances for, which is more than like we can say um, about some of the Jets defenders sometimes. So I kind of have to wonder, like, the dude's a right shot. If he's only got, like, um, well, I think his deal expires next year. He's only making a million this year. So it would be, uh, you know, not, certainly wouldn't break our, or the Jets' ability to add more at the deadline. And um, if it didn't work out, he'd be gone. However, I guess the Oilers beat us to the punch. Yeah, so he's basically getting paid the same as Joe Morrow and uh, Sherratt's making, I think, 1.2 or something this year. So he's right in that. Weidman? Cad, you said he was uh, yeah. making a mill, right? Yeah, so. Yeah, Weidman is getting paid one-fifth of a Myers. Uh, oh. fifth of a Myers. <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to be better than Myers. To be better than Myers. Yeah, that sounds about and right. And, like, not, not just better than Myers this year, but better than Myers pretty much every year going back three years. And that's kind of saying something because the Senators are a bad team. Yeah, they're 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 not very good. And obviously they're in kind of a rebuild dumpster fire kind of mode right now. So that's kind of surprising that anybody there would be, you know, playing playing really well or being able to put up good five on five numbers. I mean obviously they have some decent players there, but the goaltending has been a struggle and I don't even I think Weidman might have been their last defense defenseman left there I, I think it's uh, all Belleville now or something down playing for the Senators so that's uh you know maybe uh something Chevy just uh didn't uh check his phone this morning and it just kind of went out to Edmonton and that's that's the way <laughs> that's the way it happened we'll we'll kind of just no, oh, I was just going to say, or maybe they just assume that, you know, the Jets defense is fine as it is. <laughs> well, it's always it's always a good move after the fact, right? There's there's a lot of moves that you say afterwards. Oh, I wish my team would have done that. Whoever thought of Chris Weidman, who who thought Chris Weidman a week ago could be on the move and who said, oh, this is where he could slot in fine with the Jets. Um, it's always hindsight's twenty twenty. But are there any comparables um, to Chris Weidman that maybe the team could go um, to go find? Uh, to Chris, I'll, I'll leave that one to Katie. I'm not too into that. I, I know, obviously, we had talked about Muzzin at one point, but he's, I think, a lot better than Chris Weidman. Maybe, obviously, worth a little more. I don't know any five, six guys that are available out there, but maybe she has a better take or thought than I do or someone else. Well, I believe... Muzzin has... Oh. Sorry, I was he's just going to go really... in with his contract, which he's $4 million a year. So go ahead, Katie. Oh, I was just going to say, he's actually put up really comparable results to Chris Weidman. Um, and actually, he produces a little bit less, which is kind of surprising to that, me. I mean, I know he's not playing on a great team either. 
but LA wasn't that terrible last year. And, you know, he's, you know, just strictly looking at the stat line, he doesn't, he seems like a bit of an inferior player. So we can get him for a seventh round pick then. Yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair, Brian, are you guys awake? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Feel free to jump in wherever. I'm just doing a quick search on uh, on Weidman, just <laughs> trying to get a handle on him myself. Who's who, who's this guy? Who's this Chris Weidman fellow? Uh, isn't that this is is he related to Dennis Weidman or something? No, I'm just I'm just kidding. That's the that's the one that took out the ref, right? Dennis Weidman took out that ref the other year. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Chris Chris Weidman's the guy who was talking crap about his coach in an Uber. You think that had oh, something yeah. to do with the trade? Oh, maybe. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm sure they Yeah, they haven't traded Duchesne yet, though. Duchesne was in the van, right? I tweeted out earlier, I said, uh, uh, as part of the trade, Chris Weidman has to take an Uber from Ottawa to Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, the Sens organization uh, is couldn't just Couldn't make so it through petty. Manitoba. We don't have the Uber here yet, so. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Katie, what was that? Oh, I just said, and the Sens organization, they just seem super petty. Like, I mean, they made a friggin' fake, um, fake Twitter accounts to say nice things about Eugene Melnick, like, you know, Russia style. Yeah. And there was an NBA team who did that earlier this year, too, if I remember correctly. Uh, I can't, the, can't yeah, see. the Sixers with yeah, uh, the Sixers. Yeah, Brian's the basketball guy in here, so. Right. Yeah, that happened with the uh, Sixers GM. <laughs> and why would you think you can get away with that? Like, they were yeah, really that's... obvious too when I when you looked them up. It was, it was really obvious. I think yeah, they were like, all no using one... the same pictures and like saying the same things, but different names and. And no one's that nice online. Like, really, come on. <laughs> yeah, they, were all, they were all linked to the uh, the GM's wife per email. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> that takes, they couldn't like... even make a couldn't even make a burner email for. <laughs> could have made yeah. Colangelo Colangelo fan one two three at gmail.com or anything like that. Had to be had to be the wife's personal email. Well that's why I still haven't figured out who Dank is because they're using a burner email and I know that. Uh, <sighs> I, I've been doing my research, Brian. It's not me. <laughs> they they actually just DM'd me the other day asking if I would help run the account. Oh, I don't know about this. That this sounds like, a like you're throwing yourself under the bus. I will have a smoke post, screen there. It's covered. I will up. post screenshots. I He's will DMing himself, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Open DMs. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's uh, talk about the Jets, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. One thing. Uh, one thing that I did point out earlier, Hellebuck. I didn't realize that he hadn't gotten pulled for what did I say, 68 games or 69 nice games or something like that. So <laughs> just something, you know, obviously he's, he's been playing really well since since he took over the starting role last year uh, from Chris Mason or whoever the heck that 1A1B thing was planned at the beginning of the year. So obviously he's going to have this last night. He just looked just looked off last night. And I mean, obviously it's not something we should concern himself, but he hasn't really been off to the hottest start. So is there maybe something else going on? Like, I know, obviously, we don't expect him to be a Vesna finalist again, or at least I don't personally. Uh, last year was definitely probably the top Hellebuck we'll ever see. If if I'm wrong, someone can correct me on that. But that, like, last year was phenomenal. I mean, he had whatever the amount of wins he had at his save percentage was 
pretty pretty high for someone who played in like 70 games or whatever Maurice Random for artist Urbe style. So that's something, you know, you kind of keep in the back of your head. Maybe he's still tired from the long playoff run last year. Not 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 physically tired, but maybe just the mental toll a little bit catching up to him. I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm not a, a psychologist or anything, but do they got to get Brossois in more? Like, is that, that's kind of where I'm going with this. Like, should they be getting Brossois in more? Obviously, I know Hellebuck's great, but Brossois has been pretty good himself, and he did actually take the L last night. So that's 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 nice. Say you, you leave a, a, a 3-1 and uh, don't get the loss or anything. But so obviously we've been talking like we don't want Hellebuck playing more than 60, and I think he's on track to start more than 60 games this year if I were to actually pull it up. So I don't really know where I'm going with this, but just Courtois <laughs> got to get in more. That's kind of what I'm trying to say, right? Like that's that's where I'm going. I'm sure you guys will agree or if anyone has any thoughts on that. He is he is on pace to start more than sixty games. I think right now he's on pace to do sixty two or sixty three, if I remember correctly. And yeah, his numbers aren't the best. I mean, his save percentage is twenty fifth in the league at a nine zero nine. His uh, goals against average is, as I try to sort my list quickly, twenty sixth at two ninety. So he's not having the best year. He's winning games, yes. I believe in the wins category, he's up there. Yeah, he has nine, so he's sixth in the league or tied for fourth. Um, is he going to be a Vezina finalist? Probably not. Do we need him to be every year? Probably not. Um, he does win games still, and he is the goalie that this team needs, and he's he's good enough. Sure, he had a rough night last night, but they happen, and uh, I'm just glad they pulled him when they did. Don't leave him out there to get shelled for seven, eight. Who knows how many go in at that point because it just seemed like everything was finding its way in. Um, but I'll let you guys talk about that. Uh, uh, was he with his uh, private goalie coach over the summer? Or Yes. Okay. I was Yeah, sure him, him and uh, Brossois. They have the same okay. goalie coach, which is part of the reason Jets went out and got Brossois, you got to think. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if a flirty effect was taking hold or. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen his positioning change much from last year, though. So I don't think that's it. Because um, you can really uh, notice a difference between um, last year and the year before that in his positioning. And he still looks like the same goalie from last year. Just a few more getting by him. And um, yeah. I have a theory about this. If I yeah, I feel like this is a team defense problem more than a goaltending issue. Uh, That's so a very I, good point. I think Hellebuck is really, really good at a certain type of situation, which is basically uh, any sort of medium and low danger shots. He can handle more than your average guy. What he isn't great at is the really scary stuff that you need to make like a a reaction save or like a you know, if somebody's got a breakaway, he's not the best guy to have stopping that, right? But if you've got guy, if you if you can control where the shots are coming from, like the Jets always talk about, and make sure all the shots are coming from the dots out, he's really good at stopping those. Thing is, the team isn't doing a great job of that this year, so it's making Hellebuck look a lot more mortal than he did last year, just because the team isn't doing their job right. Yeah, that's yeah. the point, I guess, the... 
the, the quantity quality thing comes into play there. So it's not it's not just quantity and quality though. It's it's, it's more like the style of saves that he's having to make uh, isn't playing to his strengths. Whereas I think last year they were really good at playing to his strengths. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, when you have Tyler Myers breaking his ankles in the corner and uh, leaving people wide open because he decides to make some questionable movements, you are going to give up more goals. I agree with you on that. And uh, I think that goes back to what we were saying about defense. team needs to improve before the deadline or they're not going to be as dangerous as they were last year in the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I mean, we are at the quarterway point of the season now pretty much game 20 was last night so they always say if you're in the playoff picture on American Thanksgiving 78% of the time you'll make it or some crazy stat like that so I mean obviously like we knew at the start of the year they were going to make the playoffs and making the playoffs is only like not even half the battle it's like a third of the battle you got to win a few rounds then you got to win another couple rounds and then you get the cup right at that point so and the playoff games, you know, you play the same team four to seven, four to seven times, and you got to beat them that many. You got to beat them four to seven, right? So that's just a whole, a whole different challenge. And you know, it is good they had that good run last year, that was snubbed out by Vegas. And take a look at where Vegas is now. Like, wouldn't that have been nice if they regressed like that last May or something? And Jets could have faced Washington. But anyways, I'm just gonna start crying. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe someone else could take take that yeah. thought over from uh from where I was kind of leading into that well I would agree with everything you guys said like um something interesting that I just kind of looked up as you were talking um the Jets have done a really decent job at suppressing the volume of chances against like they're actually fourth in the league <coughs> for shot suppression just in terms of pure volume but when it comes to allowing high danger scoring chances they're 22nd so, bottom so third, yeah. I mean, this is just from natural Satric. I'm not really sure how they quantify high danger, but that's still not a really good look in general. And I think, you know, it's not, not just Hellebuck, but most NHL goalies have the most trouble with high danger scoring chances against. So that's why they're wanna... high danger. Yeah. That's why, yeah, they're, that's why they're very are. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we all can't be, have um, Mark Andre Fleury in, in the playoffs, except for that last round. Yeah kind of crap the bed so yeah. if, if they want to get better i think if they want to um, help the team save percentage a little bit then they're just going to have to clean up some of those higher danger scoring chances don't well, ask you me know, how yeah that's yeah that's the whole the whole thing and we kind of always come around back to the same point of having three top three your top three are definitely a certified top top three in the nhl or top four and then you got a bunch of replacement level five, six, seven guys rounding out your bottom three of your defense, if I put that in air quotes. So kind of just, I got to improve the defense. And that's just something that has been sticking ever since July or the end of June there when Enstrom was gone is need a, need a top four guy. Like we need a top four guy, right? And we have one maybe sitting in the press box and we don't know, we don't know what he is, but we know what we have. And it's just this, the same point just keeps running through my head. Like we don't, know what we have upstairs but we know what's on the ice and what's upstairs cannot be any worse than what's on the ice and I won't name any names but the guy wears number 83 that's the guy that's sitting upstairs so 
it's just something that that they just maybe need to get him in. You know, maybe they play a back to back this weekend. Throw throw the player to be named later on the ice and take out one of the other players that are not so not so great, especially on that left side, and maybe get a good get a solid top four out there at least. Like Myers was good in the in with protected bottom three minutes last or bottom bottom pairing minutes last year, right? So. If he can play 12 or 13 minutes a game, the Jets will probably win more games more convincingly than they are now. Like some of their wins have been convincing. Others have been they kind of just snuck by and sneaking by is not really going to get you very far at the end of the year when the games get a lot tighter than they are now. It's like talk about February, March, we'll have two, one, three, one games everywhere. And we want to be on the right side of the three, one, not on the wrong side of the three, one. So that's something that just needs to be addressed and, you know, obviously it's a power struggle and we like NHL, most NHL hockey men, the 200 hockey men like their vets. They don't like the young rookies. So that's kind of something. But I think we should get a little more positive right now. I'm kind of going off off on a tangent here about both Jets defense. So at the quarter way of the season, the Jets sit seventh overall in the NHL. They got 26 points in 20 games. So that's, you know, a decent percentage. They're only uh, seven points out of first place behind first place Nashville with two games in hand. Right, so you think you've been maybe one of those two games at hand that puts them only five points back. So obviously that's something that we're excited. You know, at least the Jets are winning games and they're finding a way to get points early, bank some of those points for later in the year. And you know, if they ever get, they'll 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 get on a hot streak. I'm I'm sure of it. I mean, they were just on a, I believe it was a four-game winning streak, if if I'm not mistaken, a uh, three-game or uh, where they have points in five straight. So that's kind of something that we should be you know focusing on a little bit too. Like they're finding a way to win despite maybe their subpar, uh, some of their subpar performances on the ice. Obviously, that's guided by a top top power play, the top power play in the NHL. And their penalty kill is actually, I believe, it's right in the middle of the league, if I'm not mistaken, which, I mean, is kind of what we expect with the uh, with the style of penalty kill they, they run, which is lots of shots, but not try to prevent the, the high-danger chances, as we had discussed on the, on the penalty kill. Yeah, I just looked at here, their 13th. And penalty kill percentage and they have taken a lot of penalties they have the most penalty minutes per game in the nhl um so that's you know that's something kind of look at something on the negative side but you know maybe everyone can give you know a few positive things they've seen throughout like through this season so far like what what we've seen you know obviously one one thing i'll point out we had talked about kyle connor a little bit i think he's been definitely one of the top three forwards on the team maybe even the second best behind shifley i would say Yes. Um, that's that's something that I'll say, you know what, Kyle Connor, he's able to drive that second line out there with Little and Line, which is something that we needed to see, that he was good away from Shifley and Wheeler. Shifley and Wheeler, the, the top uh, top drivers on the team offensively, I would say. And obviously, Perot would be if he got the right amount of minutes and with the proper guys, but I'll just leave that alone. So obviously, it's good to see Kyle Connor. You know, he's progressed from last year even more, and I think, I think I'll put this to rest. He's finally ready to play in the NHL. I think he's ready. <laughs> so, so maybe, you know, some just let's get a few positives out there. You know, what have we seen positive from the Jets so far this season through the first 20 games? Well, I'm just going to touch quickly on you're talking about through a quarter of the season, where are they sitting right now? And I like to look at points per game rather than uh, uh, what they Total really points, sit in the standings. Yeah. Right now, so their point percentage right now, they're sitting fifth in the league and second in the West, uh, just behind Nashville. So they are still kind of on par 
maybe not as many points. But for Western Conference standings, they're still looking like they're going to be running for second place. Um, Nashville's just far and away ahead of everybody. But, um, yeah, I'll let someone else touch on what you were talking about. Uh, Just to switch to another young player, uh, small sample size, but Nick Patan has looked really good. I saw a chart today that showed his... uh, I don't even know what it was, but he was far and away above everyone in the good category. He was incredible. They couldn't even fit his name. His name was cut off on the spreadsheet because he was so far um, past everybody else. That was yeah, expected only... goals. Yes, expected goals. So it's it's going to come. Eventually he's going to start um, lighting it up, and we're going to be saying told you so because I don't think this is a surprise. It's no, absolutely you know what? not yeah. a surprise. Um, like we, like you guys were saying at the beginning of the show, um, we were all kind of waiting for Lani to bust out, and all the signs were there saying that you know he he was producing shots, producing good chances too, and he just had, was suffering from like a really, really unusually low shooting percentage. So everything was there indicating that he was going to bounce back, and look what happened. And now it's sort of the same thing with Nick Batan. Like he has a three point three shooting percentage right now. That's not going to keep up. And like, you know, in, in pretty much all metrics that are predictive of future success, he's among the best, if not the best guy on the team. So we can say it now, it's only a matter of time. And then, yeah, just wait to tell, tell everybody I told you so. Definitely. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, go ahead, go ahead. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, preaching to the choir here, we've all, I'm pretty sure we've all been on the Nick Patan bandwagon for years here. But, uh, one thing I'm really excited about is how good he and Roslovic were together with the Moose last season. And I'm really hoping they can ignite that spark a little bit more going forward. Uh, they were amazing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like, they do have uh, chemistry together. They were playing in the top, the top six on the Moose. I'll say they... We're probably the the top line for minutes. I'd actually have to look into it, but they 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 were really good together. And obviously, Jack Rossovic got the call at the end of last season, and you know Patan was still putting up nearly a point per game in the AHL, which is a good indic a good indicator of what he'll do at the NHL level, right? So that's that's kind of something you know you want to see your guys put up about a point per game, especially from the forwards. You maybe want a point and a quarter a game or something. I'd actually have to look into that. I'm sure Tony will have the answers for me at some point, but <laughs> that's uh, that's just something you know. You kind of just you just keep in the back of your mind. You know what he's produced at every level he's played at, and uh, in the WHL, you know, when he was with Portland, he was you know a very good off- offensive player. You know, we all saw him with Team Canada at the World Juniors. There, get that. You know, he was phenomenal during the World Juniors, and it just hasn't quite translated into the NHL yet. But a 3.3 uh, sh- uh, shooting percentage is that that is extremely low. I believe the average is somewhere close to 10, nine yeah. and a half-ish, I'd say. So that's, you know, he's 6 6% under that. And if, once that levels out, he'll he'll be getting getting the points up and, you know, might not hit that nine and a half-ish or whatever if I'm on the right track. But it'll definitely get back up there, you know, maybe close 7, seven or 8, uh, 8%, especially if the lines stay the same, obviously. You know, you want to see him get more ice time, but as long as he can hover around that 10, 11 minutes a night, which he hasn't quite got there yet, but there's a lot of effects in the in games, you know, special teams time, four on four time, and all that that kind of affect that. So, 
it's you know you know he's been hovering around i believe i could pull up his average ice time i'd say it's about nine minutes a game or so maybe a little bit less than that so that's that's whatever for a fourth line and and obviously playing with pro that that's helped a lot and getting him out there with skill like pro roslovic batan like that is an extremely skilled line that's hard like hard on the forecheck like pro and patan will be the first two guys in the corner like every time on the on the forecheck right people always say you know look for that look like who's who's in the corner first who's who's in the corner yeah like you look you look at pro pros always there you look patan on the other wing he's always there right so that's just something that that they're there they're good at that and that's how you create your chances right you get to the puck you make a play on the puck you set someone up or you shoot it yourself or however whatever plays out in the rest of the way in the offensive zone but it's good to see good to see patan playing well in his opportunity that he's that he's been given and that he's finally you know regular in the lineup we'll say he's played uh, i think last night was a sixth or seventh game so you know he's getting up there in the games in the games now and he's played over 100 nhl games so eventually it'll click i think and he's like i said he's a talented talented scorer at at all the levels he's played at so why not the nhl right and it'll 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 come it'll come we've all been saying it'll come but this this time this time we're for real it'll it'll actually come so just something maybe to get excited about and obviously we need scoring from all four lines or at least three of the four lines on the team not just the top two driven team or top two line driven team top six driven team so it's just something to look for and obviously i'm all for blending the lines but right now actually i think maurice has done an okay job with the lineup he has now so if anyone wants to maybe touch on what they think of the lines like right now like what do you think any adjustments that could be made for the better with with what they have right now so they got lebu up up in the press box and he should stay there forever or send him down to the hl but with what they have right now the 12 guys is there any more way to optimize it or are we kind of good where we're where we're sitting oh um, let someone else take that, that. I oh, just sorry. want to make sure I amend my previous statement. Um, I don't think I said that right. The team is shooting 3.3% when Patan is on the ice. Yeah, sorry. So, that's, that's, yeah. that's what I he meant too. I just 0% shooting percentage himself because he hasn't yeah. scored in goals. <laughs> yeah, I meant, his, I meant his on ice too. Obviously, that's that's where I was going. Like what his teammates are. He has no goals, so his shooting percentage is zero. Yeah, we'll, we'll clarify yeah. that right there. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me to it. I was actually going to mention that and also mention that he's uh, 7.39 average time on ice. And last year he had a 12.5% shooting percentage in 15 games. So I'll let someone else uh, expand on what uh, Maurice has done with the forward lines. That sounds like Alistair. Alistair, you're always post, you were always posting lineups. So maybe if you want to take that one, you know, what, what do you think about the Lions? <laughs> yeah, this is one of my favorite things to, uh, to talk about and expound upon, but... Basically, yeah, I, I think it's pretty close to optimal for what we have right now, at least with the forwards. Um, one tweak I'd be interested to see, I don't know if we'll see it anytime soon, would be swapping Perot and Connor. Uh, just because, I mean, I was saying earlier that I, I really like Connor with line A, and that's great. But Perot and Little have a fantastic track record together. And I part of me just is dying to see... Uh, Rosovic and Connor together and throwing Patan into that mix. That could be a super fun line to watch. That's the that's a CPR line. Actually, I remember they had one nice goal together last year in a in a blowout game where Maurice just kind of shuffled the lines up a little bit. I remember I have a tweet. I have I have a tweet about it. Something about Patan, Connor, Rosovic injected into my veins or something. I remember making that tweet. <laughs> so that's something maybe we, we we would like to see or I would like to see. You know, I, I kind of agree with that. You know. 
pro and Connor could be shift, especially Connor's a has shown that he's able to kind of drive a line, which is obviously good. That means you could put him pretty much anywhere in the lineup and he'll 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 do okay, right? So that's something that he's proven proven himself to to be able to do, right? So that's kind of something that we like to see and like obviously improvements from last season where we did we don't really know if he was actually going to be good away from Shifley and Wheeler and maybe he wouldn't have been last year, but now, you know, as he grows his game and all that all that developmental stuff that they always talk about, maybe, you know, this that's that's the next step for him is to be able to offensively drive his own line, right? So that's kind of you know, I think the lines now are okay. They're for for what what is on the active roster right now, that's pretty good. And obviously we are talking about depth. I'll actually I'll kind of lead this into the into depth now. So we'll say hypothetically the Jets lose somebody. Obviously, we don't want anybody to get hurt, but say they lose one of their top six guys for an extended time. So who comes up from the moose in that situation? Does anyone have any any thoughts? I know we're not really all too into the moose other than myself. So, you know, if someone has maybe something they want to see, you know, what do you think would happen? Would they, would they really struggle if we lost one of our top six? Obviously, I don't want this to happen. You know, just kind of creating a conversation topic, like what, what, what would happen? Like, I think they would call up either depending on if it's a you know a three four week injury like a long term they call someone up i don't think they want the out there anymore after that finland debacle and you know that's something that's a whole other topic that i don't really want to get into but you know i think they call up they have in the the moose right now players that are playing well probably the first first couple call-ups is seth griffith mason appleton cj cease that would probably be my top three guys that they'd be calling up i would say um i could be wrong on this um it's kind of hard to judge the HL if you don't actually pay super close attention to who's doing well. You know, all I have to go off is points and like shooting percentages and stuff. Stat tracking in the AHL is not as available as it is in the NHL. So it's a little harder to find. So what do we think happens if they, the Jets lose a top six guy? Like what, how much do they struggle? Do you think they could maintain it for a three, four, you know, put up kind of what the Leafs have been doing without Matthews. They've kind of been hovering around 500, maybe slightly above 500 without Matthews for four weeks. What what do we think happens if this a situation like this arises with the Jets? <coughs> Marco Dano. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that yet, but Marco Dano was placed on waivers once again by Colorado today. And actually a few media people say they wouldn't be surprised if the Jets put a claim and brought him back, back to Winnipeg on that. So uh, I'll add that into the conversation as well. You know, do you think the Jets go with Dano, you know, bolster that depth, especially with Veselin and heading back over to the KHL like where where are we with that like just just all hypothetical talk I mean that's what we do we talk hypothetically situations we're always talking about stuff like this so we might as well make it make it somewhat public you know like what do we what do we think just someone have at her Brian go <laughs> all right um bringing back Dano would be fun um I feel like he would wind up sliding into the lineup on the fourth line and Either one of Perot, Rosovic, or Patan would slide up, depending on who was hurt. Um, and maybe Dano finally shows everybody what we see. Um, maybe he finally gets an opportunity, but I I don't think the Jets claim him, honestly. So, you think that ship has sailed? I, I think it has, and. Honestly, for Dano's sake, I hope it has. If no one else is making a claim for him, though, right? 
and that then say, true. hey, there's no other interest. You're going to the AHL either way. Would you like to come to our AHL team? I, I think when they when they had their little breakup a few weeks ago or a month ago, whenever it was, I think it was pretty cordial. Uh, Jess pretty much said to him, hey, if we put you on waivers so you can go play somewhere, would you be fine with that? Uh, that's my understanding of the situation is that they want him to play somewhere. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I got from this situation too. That's kind of what I thought. So you know, either it's playing in the AHL and earning your shot, I guess, at that point, or he did get his chance with Colorado, and maybe the fit wasn't right, or maybe I don't know. I mean, the underlying numbers are there that Dano is is a good hockey player. So something's just never clicked. And I mean, the skill he played with in Winnipeg wasn't really skill all the time and he still kind of had the good underlying numbers so it's just something you know I don't know I mean if they pick him up they can throw him right 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 to the boost is my understanding right so that's maybe something yeah. they might consider so and that I'm sure he might not mind especially if no other NHL like if he's not going to get an NHL opportunity and he anywhere else I mean obviously another team could do the exact same thing I just said right so that's something to keep in mind, I guess, too. Obviously, we've always, I've always liked Dano, and I'm sure everyone in this conversation has as well. So that's something you want to see where, where that lies, and obviously you want to see him succeed in the NHL because we've all followed him pretty good. Um, sorry, I'm just pulling up his his stats here, but if someone wants to go on that uh, off of what I was saying, there, just have at it. I have one thing, which is that the Jets are going to be pretty near the bottom of the waiver wire, right? Being kind of... Yes. They'll be, yeah, it's reverse reverse standings now, so they'll be whatever seventh pick or whatever it is there. Yeah, so if Dano does get that far, I could totally see them picking him up, because I think the situation has with the Jets' depth has changed pretty dramatically since they sent him away, right? Like, before they waived Dano... Veselainen was still with the team, and Lemieux still <laughs> was still in the lineup. Uh, and then within a few days of waving Dano, that all kind of went to hell, right? So I think there's an argument to be made for it. And if the relationship is still on good terms, you know, it could make a lot of sense for the team. Uh, it's possible. I, I, I would love to see it. I love Dano. He's one of my favorite players for no particularly good reason. Uh, I'm all for it. Man, I don't know. I'm probably, it's probably just wishful thinking. I'm sure it won't happen, but I would love it if it did. It'd be a smart move. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you can't have too much depth, right? And especially losing Veselainen, Bess- they've lost another depth piece. So that would be a, just a smart move, even if he doesn't end up playing for the Jets this season. Say, hypothetically, they do claim him. You know, it's a good, good move for the Moose, and he would be first or second call-off option at that point, right? So that's kind of something that you you maybe hope they're thinking about a little bit. Um, I'm not opposed to it, as I said, so just something to, to keep in mind a little bit and, I don't know, just hope for the hope for the best for him and wherever he ends up kind of thing. So if Jets do claim him, um, because he was put on waivers already by this team, he would go straight to the moose, I believe, are the rules. And he wouldn't have to pass through again. I yeah, that's don't, right. Yeah. And and the Jets only have thirty nine out of fifty NHL contracts right now. So yeah, so they have not? plenty of room. 
plenty of contract room, right? So that's and yeah, he he'd slot immediately into the top six on the boost, no doubt. Eight hundred thousand so dollars. Yeah, not? and he's dirt dirt cheap. You're not hurting nothing. So take t- take a shot, Chevy. Let let me just text him here or something. I I don't know. I, he's but, winterizing <laughs> the cottage right now. Oh yes, it's that weekend. I guess American Thanksgiving. <laughs> they gotta get that thing winterized. So yeah. Um. So it's, you know we're kind of. Was someone trying sorry, to talk? My cat just jumped off the bed here. I was just distracted for a second. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't even remember remember what I was gonna say. But uh, so we kind of covered 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 the entire lineup. Uh, we kind of touched on the defense. That's a very touchy situation. Um, you know when? So so when is the Tyler Myers contract extension being announced? <laughs> Next week. <laughs> the day I become a Habs fan again. You can follow Joel, Joel Arbia all the way to Montreal. So that's. Yeah, uh, I, I might be done with the sport. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least with the team, for sure. I will go full Columbus Blue Jackets fan if that happens. Yeah, Just that's putting, putting that you on know, the record. That This is on the record now. This is you. You are being recorded, as you say. This oh, yeah. Is, no, I'm I'm going fully on the record. If they re-sign Tyler Myers, I will be a Blue Jackets fan from here on out. Dank Blue Jackets memes. Yeah, dank, dank BJ memes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Uh, yeah, there. Let's. Uh, that, that that took a turn. That escalated very quickly there. So you know, we'll talk. Uh, I don't know. I, was, I, wish, I wish I would have thought better topics to talk about. We've been talking about doing this roundtable since like Monday or something. But uh, just something, uh, Line I saw the other day there, he had his sixth career hat-trick, and only Gretzky has more in this same or less amount of games played, so that's kind of cool, right? That's, oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, it was something something like that. It was, he had six, and only Gretzky had 12 and 210, and Line had six and 174 or something like that, so that's that's something something fun to look at and also he's on pace to beat mcdavid to 100 goals i believe so that's so he, that's he's better than mcdavid is what you're saying that's right that's yeah so okay just that, wanted to make sure that's just make that clear that's on the record too that's yeah, on the record yeah line line better <laughs> so okay. let's ken, chat. ken hitchcock ken hitchcock gonna fix mcdavid and edmonton anyway oh god <laughs> what a dumpster fire that dumpster they just attached wheels to it. Now they're rolling this it's a rolling down, fire down the down the rolling road. down the down highway uh, highway whatever that highway sixteen to Winnipeg. Sixteen, there. yeah. <laughs> Did you guys all enjoy McDavid's tweet saying that you know it was all it was everybody's fault, as if he needs to take any responsibility for that shit show? Like I I thought he took more responsibility than that. I thought yeah. he said it's on me. <laughs> yeah, the dude put up like what. 30 points or something this year already 31 points and yeah. i understand uh, a good a good leader yeah. shoulders some of the blame but he's either uh, trolling or he's got some real state like self-hatred issues because like <laughs> come on sit down connor it's not yeah your he's not putting up two points a game so he's pretty much useless <laughs> what's a 197 uh he's got 31 21 so that's uh what, one and a third or 
what, he's one a and a half. Offensive liability now. Apparently. What an anchor. <laughs> he needs a yeah. He needs to hit a shift at least, right? Send him down. Send him down. Send him some down. Time. Yeah, send him down to Bakersfield. He needs some time with uh, Pooley RV down there. He's not ready. Just like eighty-one. Yeah, he needs four games in Bakersfield. <laughs> him and him and uh, Pooley RV. Hey, what 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 do you think the the Jets uh, would have to offer up to get Pooley RV out of Edmonton? Tyler a Martin. bag of pucks in the sixth <laughs> round. Yeah, it, honestly, Myers for Pugliarvi isn't that far out of the question. Do we want? Do we want Pugliarvi? Obviously, we want Pugliarvi, right? Oh, uh, yeah. we want a we want a defenseman. I think. No, we got to win every game seven six. Uh, <laughs> honestly, lo- losing Myers at this point is addition by subtraction. I would take just about anything for him that isn't another contract. Yeah, another bad contract. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially bad contract. Obviously, this is the last year of Myers at five and five billion dollars or whatever they're paying him. So five point five, yeah. Five and a half, yeah. I don't know. We are super biased, though. Like the rest of the league still has a really high opinion of Tyler Myers. Like, yeah, that's that's so. Let's get him out of here, right? That's because they don't get TSN. I remember Buffalo saying the same thing. Like, when mm-hmm. Myers was traded to the Jets, I remember Sabre fans saying, like, oh, yeah, he's going to be good for a while, but you, you'll see. And that's kind of yeah. what it was. Like, after they got him in that that nice run they had in uh, in their first playoff season, it was a 14-15 or 15-16 or whatever the heck it was there. You know, he looked okay. I know, actually, his numbers were not that great looking at them today. But he looked like he scored a few game winners and that. And, I mean, he looked fantastic out there. But then season two came along and it was like, oh, this is what we got, right? The Evander Kane won that trade. That that first playoff here, he, like, actually passed the eye test. It's, like, the only time he actually could. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, he actually looked good out there. He, like, his underlying numbers were not good. But he looked, he looked spectacular. Like, I remember one goal he had was walked around the entire – opposition team and the goalie was flailing and he fired it and yeah that's just that my Tyler Myers uh, highlight reel ends there although the Jets were able to rid themselves of like the horror bad Zach Bogosian contract I also remember you know Jets fans in general trying to warn Sabres fans that you know Bogosian looks kind of fun but he's actually a mess it was kind of like this Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme and turns out we were both right so the trade was was one for one in a bunch, or what? <laughs> that was an awful joke. I'm sorry, but that's... <laughs> it was, uh, it was I, an attempt. <laughs> so I heard this put out there as a joke a while ago, but it's kind of stuck in my brain, and I like it more and more the more I think about it. But what if Tyler Myers was a forward instead of a defensive? <laughs> I think there's, he was getting a glass of water. You guys that. chat about that. There's Alistair uh, talking about the, the forward lines there. Let's get Myers up there. <laughs> I've actually thought about that a lot. Not that he should play forward at the NHL, but maybe he missed his calling earlier in life. Like, he was just always meant to be a forward, but some coach was like, you're really tall. You're a defenseman now. Or a basketball player. Or, yeah. Isn't his yeah. brother a basketball player or something? I don't. I've never heard that. I think it's a thing. I think he has a half-brother who got drafted into the uh, NBA this year. I remember reading a thing about it. Anyway. Well, yeah, they're, they're, 
there's that that's, that's, that's your random that's yeah, that's great um that's so I, I didn't realize that if that's true that's actually kind of cool i guess but um and obviously he has the jeans if he's also six foot seven right that's they're very like, long jeans yeah very I, long <laughs> i really hope his half brother is also not a defensive liability mm. uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hope that part did not translate genetically Quentin Quentin Grimes is his half brother. He's no. actually, actually, he's actually there's no way that's anyone's real name. Quentin, Quentin Grimes. Grimes. Oh, he's, he's shorter. He's shorter than Tyler. <laughs> what's this? What's the app? Six five. Six five. Isn't Tyler is he... six six? Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Tyler's he... six eight. Is he? Yeah, no, yeah, Tyler's 6'8". Oh, yeah, he is 6'8", and his brother's three inches shorter and plays professional basketball. That's amazing. So, yeah, there should have been an NHL forward or a basketball player is what we're saying about Tyler Myers now. Yeah. That's yeah. that's about where we're at on that conversation. Wouldn't that be something? Let's, you know what, let's let's do it. Let's put Bufflin on, on left wing, Myers on right wing with Patan down the middle. <laughs> So you had me until a buff on forward. No, we've, put Patan out there. He makes Patan makes everyone look good, right? Okay. Before anyone <laughs> takes this seriously, we're not. We're not being serious. So I don't. Yeah, want I mean, any Twitter be, hate sent I'll, my way. I'll I'll go out for it. Yeah, no. Brian's serious. You can with, send all the hate to. Fuck it. He can't yeah. be any worse than he is on defense. <laughs> Exactly. Like, worst yeah. case scenario, he's just playing like twelve minutes a night as a forward. Yeah, <laughs> he's on the ice put, list. He hurts the team. Put list. him with Lowry. Go cop Lowry Myers. There you go. <laughs> and that also gets the fails. It's a real I, tall I, line. This is yeah. this is the first time I've ever been serious on this podcast. Put <laughs> put Myers <laughs> at forward with Lowry and cop. <laughs> Remember uh, when everybody really wanted Buffett forward, even though he's never been a good forward? And well, he had that one good run in 2010. So. He yeah. won Stanley Cup as a forward, Katie. Yeah, but Buff's a good defenseman, though. Myers isn't. So yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> the big difference there. Yeah, can't have. I mean, that yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get this train back on the rails. Yeah. Um, Let's let's chat about what's upcoming here. We have a game tomorrow night against Minnesota in St. Paul's. Um, let's chat about that, and then we'll uh, hit the road. Do you guys think that last, like this past game against the Flames, was horrible enough to get Maurice to shake up the lineup a little bit, or nah? Specifically, I'm thinking about getting Niku in. No, because they played the second and third so well. Yeah, I was I was gonna go that way. He, you know what they, he'll just write it off as one of those bad games, or you know, you he, know, you know, Maurice. Yeah, he's not gonna they, make that type of change. If he was gonna make a change, he'd put Lemieux in for Patan. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not even joking when I say yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's the change yeah. he would make. I heard in one of his pressers. That's so depressing. Somebody asked me though, and Maurice just kind of laughed like. No, that's not happening. Was sort of his response, like no matter what. Yeah. Niku won't see the ice in a Jets uniform until probably February. 
Or barring injury. Barring injury. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Barring injury. Well, that's a positive thought. We were trying to get positive there, but yeah, that's yeah. That's not just. Yeah, I could Um, see it sooner. I could see it sooner if they do lay another egg like they did last night. Minnesota is a genuinely good team this year too. Like it's, it won't be like the wild that we remember from the playoffs. No, they're they're very good. That actually kind of surprised me this year so far, to be honest. I mean, I obviously from what I, obviously they were awful in the playoffs last year, but they were also injury riddled in the playoffs and they've been playing really well. I mean, actually they're ahead of the jets in the standings, obviously not in points, points per game, but just, overall points right now so they're right they're right they're right up there with the jets and i you know i haven't been able to watch any minnesota games i don't actually know why they're winning i know it was like six five against ottawa last night so that's whatever i mean well they they squandered that lead too last night they were up 4-1 at one point and ottawa ottawa tied right at 4-4 and then it was then they just got one late in the third or something i think i saw the scoreline that's yes, I believe that's how it went. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're gonna have a game like that. And Ottawa actually as as bad as they are, they can, they're capable of doing that. Like just getting on a hot streak at the end of a game, kind of thing. Like young forwards, you you know, they're so unpredictable and stuff like that. But the Wild, you know, the Wild have actually like they they surprised me this year. You know, I thought maybe everyone on that team's a year older, and they're one of the oldest teams in the NHL. Obviously, the age is going to catch up eventually. It's just when is it going to catch up with them, right? And they seem to be very, very good with, very fortunate, just like the Jets with injuries. I believe they haven't <clears throat> had anything too significant. So, you know, hopefully it's a good game. It's a matinee game. It's three three o'clock there for Black Friday in the in the states. So, you know, a matinee game, whatever. It's be nice to watch it you know, the last period after I get home from work or whatever, but that's, that it'll be a fun game. And obviously they're playing it back to back. They go from Minnesota to St. Louis on Saturday. So it's a little tough stretch and St. Louis has a new coach. Now they have, it's still Barry Bay there, right? They haven't actually hired anyone. Yeah. It's Brew Bay right now. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, they got a couple of division, divisional games and those games obviously are, are huge, especially St. Louis is actually not as bad on paper as they have been on the ice. So, you know, we'll just see how the Jets respond after that, after the awful game they played last night in Calgary. And hopefully, obviously, hopefully it's a good response and they come out flying tomorrow afternoon. And, you know, if anyone has any other thoughts on the games coming up, the game's coming up pretty important, I think, just to see where we're at. Still, we're still kind of on a measuring stick basis with the Jets until they figure that out. So if anyone, you know, has anything to say. Sorry. I'm looking for a big comeback for sure. Like I want to see a bounce back from the Jets, but I'm also really curious, you know, does Hellebuck or Brassois get the first start like tomorrow? Hellebuck. Yeah, Hellebuck. Yeah, I was thinking he's got to go back as much as I, I just I said earlier I want Hellebuck to not get 70 starts this year, but he, I think he has to go back to Hellebuck uh, tomorrow. I'm I'm sure Brassois will get the St. Louis game then. Yeah. 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 I think Maurice actually said that he planned on splitting those two games. Yeah, I which is good that, because yeah. back-to-back isn't really ideal. Or, no, never is. And you don't. Our say. coach, 
our coach doesn't seem to understand that at times, but if he does split it, then kudos to him. I shouldn't have to say that, but kudos, you know. kudos to the coach. What is? Yeah, for yeah. doing a decision that's so obvious. That's the play. Literally, someone who doesn't even watch the games should be able to figure out that back to back is not a good, uh, not a good idea. So, it's here not on a this good, podcast, yeah. we praise the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can ask for. It seems that's, like some days, so some days it feels that way, and that's kind of what we see. So, um, so I guess you know we're kind of going to wrap it up now. We're pushing just over an hour, I think, is what my uh, phone is telling me here. So we probably lost about. 80% of our listeners when we wanted Myers as forward. So if anyone's, if anyone's uh, still, still hanging out with us, thank you for uh, listening. And uh, you know, one thing we had kind of started, kind of stopped. It was a, uh, was a hashtag with a random old player. So I will let Katie give us a hashtag with an old player name. Jets 2.0. Jets. Oh, Jets 2.0. Yeah. How about obscure? Mietnin. Mittens. Hashtag Mittens. mittens. Hashtag, hashtag mittens. Hashtag mittens. So just tweet that out to the Jet Centric account, or if you're listening from uh, the Facebook, just put it in the comments, send us a message, whatever. Maybe we'll give you a shout out or something. I actually, you know, maybe or use that as a code somewhere. Maybe you'll get twenty percent off. Who knows? Twenty percent off. We don't know where. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Before we end this thing, I just want to do a quick prediction. Don't have to elaborate. Tomorrow night, Daniel, what's the score? I'm going to say for two Jets. Katie? I'm going to say 3-2 Wild. Brian? I'm going to go with 4-2 as well. The fourth being an empty netter. Allie? one nothing Wild. Those are actually all incorrect. It's going to be 5-2 Jets. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, thanks. Thank, thanks, for, thanks for letting us know. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. It's an attempt. Do you have it's... any lottery numbers for tomorrow night, too? It's a pretty big jackpot here, so. Uh, I'll text you later. Sure. <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap this thing up. Thank you uh, for joining me. It was a lot of fun. Just over an hour. Hopefully not have too. this posted shortly here. Yeah. Hopefully not to finish that thought. Yeah, so nah, this was fun, guys. Thanks. Uh... Thanks for joining us, all of us. We had a pretty good chat, I think. I think it went well. I don't know. But anyway, so uh, we'll just end it here. And uh, thanks to the listeners who stuck around for this probably agonizing hour. This is one of our first roundtables like this where we've done a full hour. So it'll get better. And I guarantee your audio, our audio quality is better tonight. Yes, this will kind of be the new normal, I think. And uh, excited that we're kind of picking things up. And we hope all of you listening are on board so thanks again for tuning in and uh, have a good night yeah thanks bye bye